Tonight, the candidates for Cookville City Council give you one of the final chances to hear where they stand. In what direction do they want to take our community? How will they make the tough decisions? What do they see as the challenges we face from growth? We welcome you to Cookville 2022, a town hall forum live from the Gallagher-Huffines Community Room. All 11 candidates are here tonight. The top vote-getter, as per Cookville's charter, will be the city's mayor come August. In just a moment, we will give the candidates a chance to present an opening statement tonight to tell you a little more about them and where they stand. Then the questions for tonight's forum, well, they come first from you. You can go to our Facebook page right now and submit a question for the candidates. We will get in as many of those as we can during the course of the next 90 minutes. We also have with us tonight six leaders of our community. They represent different parts of Cookville's way of life. We've asked them to prepare questions that uh, get us some insight into that area of expertise. So we're pleased to welcome Attorney Sean Fry. He is a criminal defense lawyer. He understands the issues of crime in our community. That, of course, is a part of growth. Justin Grant is the care pastor at Church on the Hill. He will lead our focus on human services and serving those in need. Matt Swallows is the former mayor of Cookville. He certainly understands the workings of city council and city government. Walter Buck is focused on the issues of diversity as the vice president of the Cookville Putnam County NAACP. And financial advisor Wayne Cravens is with us. He's focused on issues that impact the local business community as the past chair of the Cookville Putnam County Chamber of Commerce. We welcome our leaders who are here tonight. We welcome our candidates. Each of our six leaders have prepared questions that represent those areas that we talked about. Three candidates selected at random will answer the questions that have been posed by our guests, and our candidates will have roughly 60 seconds to respond to those questions. So with that, we want to get started and let you hear from the candidates who want to represent you on the Cookville City Council. Each candidate will have a 60-second opening statement, and we'll begin. We'll go alphabetically reverse, starting with Lauren Wheaton. I would like to say I'm very excited about that since I've had to go last these two times. But thank you to StoneCom for hosting this event tonight, and thank you to our community leaders for being here to ask us questions. My name is Lauren Wheaton. I have had the honor and privilege of serving as your vice mayor for the past four years, and I'm excited about the opportunity to run for re-election because I still have a lot of work to do. I am a nurse practitioner. Uh, that caretaker mentality transitions with me whatever role I assume, whether that is being a mom to my two small children, being a wife to my husband, Wade, who's a hometown Cookville boy, being a hospice nurse practitioner, or being your vice mayor. These past four years have been challenging, but more so they've been rewarding. They've given me the confidence and the insight to play a significant role in the positive changes that are happening in Cookville. But more importantly, they've given me the experience and the wisdom to be a stronger leader both for our city and on city council. Linda Loftus-Webb. Thank you for having me. Yes, my name is Linda Marie Loftus-Webb, and I appreciate the opportunity to come speak. The things that I bring to the table for the council, the Cookville City Council, are I am a small business owner as well. I also run nonprofits. I work with the community on a day-to-day -day basis. So I have a boots-on-the-ground kind of understanding of what we do need. I work with all types of people from all socioeconomic stand, um, standards, and I also work with people in various backgrounds. The thing that I want to do in Impact Cookville is I want to ensure that I have a, I represent a voice for every 
member of the community and that everybody feels heard and that we don't have to ask questions afterwards and say, well, why did that happen and not be able to get that answer? So I want to be that person. I am a mother of six children. They are amazing. My youngest is two. My oldest is 25. I'm about to be a grandmother. I'm super excited about that. And I just am so glad to be able to run. It definitely has been a challenge um, for my family, and they have been just troopers behind the whole thing, and I appreciate the opportunity and everybody just being so gracious and asking the tougher questions. So thank you. Eric Walker is one of the candidates running. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate you having us on tonight and all the listeners out there. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in to listen to us um, and hear what our thoughts are. My name is Eric Walker. I'm re running for re-election to the Coville City Council. I'm actually very excited to run again. Um, the past four years have been a great experience for me. Um, it's a, been a wealth of knowledge that I've gained by being on the City Council. Um, I really hope that and then drive to spend the next four years and ask for your vote to do that because I think there's so much more that we can do for Cookville. Cookville's going through an unbelievable growth spurt it we really got to move forward with some strategic planning and using those skills and knowledge as a local business owner um, I really feel like that I, I can tune into that part of the community tune into what it means to help Cookville grow strategically with with also trying to make Cookville that great place to live and to love and, and raise children and just be that kind of place that I knew as a kid myself like you to meet D Prince. Good evening. Thank you to Stonecom. Thank you to the um, members that make up the panel, and also um, thanks to the candidates, the other candidates that are here, my constituents. I just appreciate this opportunity, this journey to be able to campaign and run for election for uh, city council. Um, I am a longtime HR professional, which means I specialize in compliance, and that means doing the right things the right way all the time. I'm also a former athlete, and as a former athlete, this uh, the one thing that I can tell you is that I'm a great teammate, and that's what I want to stress about being a candidate for city council is that I'm going to work with the other four members of this ca this council to make sure that we do what we have to do to put the people first and to make sure that there's a great quality of life that comes out of this administration. I want to thank you guys so much. Thanks, everybody, for being here, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Another of the incumbents, Mark Miller, running for city council. Hi, thank you, Larry, for having us, and thanks for the um, panel for being here. Uh, yes, I am one of the incumbents. I've um, had the pleasure of um, serving my community for the past four years. Um, I'm a former state trooper, uh, current business owner. Uh, uh, I've got a master's degree from Tennessee Tech, and I'm currently working on my Ph.D. in criminal justice. I've got a huge passion for law enforcement. That's something that I've really pushed the last four years. We were able to get the new police station. The first time the city of Cookville's had a new police station, uh, a standalone police station. So I'm really excited that we were able to do that. I'm super excited about our growth that we're having currently in the city. Uh, one thing that I want to do in the next four years is continue to work to try to get a commercial flight at our airport. That's something that's incredibly important to me and continue to foster more businesses not just uh, local businesses but hopefully we can attract um, foreign direct investment um, s some more businesses here in town to bring more high-paying jobs to Cookville so thanks again thanks for having me 
We're introducing you to the candidates running for Cookville City Council. Meet Brian Jones. Hello, guys. I'm Brian Jones. Uh, thank you, Larry. Thank you, Stonecom. Appreciate all your, your leaders being here. Um, when I decided to run for City Council, it was like, why do you want to do that? Uh, well, I love where I'm from. I'd love to have the opportunity to represent people in the city of Cookville. And uh, other than that, I'm a pretty bland guy. I'm pretty your day-to-day guy. I'm involved in a lot of stuff in your community. I just love being a part of our community. So I'd respectfully ask for your vote when you go in there. Thank you. Jordan Iwanison is one of the candidates running for Cookville City Council. I also want to thank you, Larry. Thanks, Stonecom, for this opportunity for us to have this conversation and, and talk to the citizens of the community and also the leaders as well. Uh, of course, I have a very uh, diverse background of experience, both in the private sector but also in the government sector as well. I've been serving, of course, a lot of folks remember me from Chick-fil-A. Uh, last seven years I've been serving in the credit union business and financial services uh, for 10 months. This last year I actually served as our branch manager our main office in Nashville, so I have a very good personal experience experience with transportation issues, not just here in Cookville, but also throughout Middle Tennessee, uh, did decide to come back because, as you might expect, uh, that travel, being away from home, leaving from North Cookville at 6 o'clock in the morning, coming back home late at night was strain on family, and it was also uh, hard to see the growth going on in our community and not feeling like I was submerged in it like I was beforehand, so I made the decision to come back. Uh, of course, I have been serving on the county commission last eight years. Having that experience and wanting to try to bring governments together, wanting to try to bring the government officials together and working with our relationships uh, to move us in a positive direction is why I'm running in this race. It matters who's governed, just like former Lieutenant Governor Ron Ramsey used to say, and of course, to matters with experience and also relationships matter, and that's what I bring to the table. Chad Gilbert is one of the candidates. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Stonecom. Thank you to our, our leaders from the community for the questions you'll be putting to us. Uh, a little bit about me. My name is Chad Gilbert. I'm a lifelong Cookvillian. Uh, went to high school here, went to Tennessee Tech, where I got an engineering degree. Uh, met my wife, Anna, there. Uh, know many of the people in the community through volunteer efforts that she and I do. Uh, we have three children, uh, two of which have graduated from the same university with similar degrees, and they've they've started their uh, careers now in Cookville, and and we're vested, and not only as a as myself as a, a council member, a potential council member, but as a family. And uh, the the timing is right in in, in our lives uh, for me to take some of this engineering education, uh, planning commission experience, uh, chamber of commerce uh, board of directors experience that I've had, and and enjoyed that. Uh, tenure there, as well as 20 years of business experience that I've that I've accumulated over you know, more than two decades now. Uh, we're, we're happy to announce that we'll be celebrating our 20-year anniversary this week, actually. But some of that now has has culminated in a time where I can offer that experience uh, at a city council level and a public service level, and I think it it times well with the growth and and infrastructure needs that we have here in Cookville, and that that skill set that I bring to the table, I think will will be useful not only for for the, the citizens, but the, the, the department heads that I've worked with over the last 20 years and, and, and their expertise, and I think as a, as a group, we can do some really good things for Cookville. Next, we'll give you a chance to meet another one of the candidates for Cookville City Council, Luke Eldridge. Thank you, Mr. Larry, and thank you, panel, for being here and those listening. My name is Luke Eldridge. i uh, born and raised here. I had a little time that I had to go to Livingston because my family forced me to. I was seven years old, so could not get away from that. But I graduated from Livingston Academy. Please don't hold that against me. Uh, go hog eye, right? Um, but this is all about serving. 
This is what this is about, serving our community. And I have served in my church. I'm a deacon in our church. Uh, we're youth leaders. We're celebrating 10 years on being youth leaders. My wife actually uh, has come home recently to be a stay-at-home mom to raise our children up. And, uh, you know, it may be early, but she's talked about running for school board at one time. So we believe in serving our community. We believe in it, serving it to the utmost and giving back because we've been blessed so much. Over the last 10 plus years, I've worked in the community with uh, with uh, mental health services at Plateau. I worked at the Rescue Mission for a stint. I worked with Upcoming Family Justice Center and now I work at UCHRA where I work with housing, uh, which is very difficult right now, helping individuals find housing and homelessness. So that's my background. But the biggest thing is I just want to serve my community. I've I've been called upon quite a few times from the city and the previous city council when it comes to what do we do here about this and, and just in calls or whatever and the city manager. So I think it's time to step up to the plate and see what we can do to serve our community even at a greater at a at a great time right now. Jeremy Bowman. Thank you, Stonecom. Thank you for everybody that's that's tuned in to to listen uh, to this tonight. Uh, so my name is Jeremy Bowman. I've lived in this area since 93. I also went to Livingston and graduated. So, But uh, shortly after that, I moved to Cookville, and that's where I've been ever since. Uh, I'm married and have three children that are 22, 16, and 10. Uh, well, I don't have a ton of experience, but what I do have is a determination to work hard and to you know work as a, as a group to make sure that we meet all the needs that Cookville needs. Uh, Beyond that, I mean, I just work hard, and I love this community. And people have asked me, you know, why did you want to run? I'm like, because I love this community. Uh, I joined the the rescue squad, which they kind of asked me the same question when I joined the rescue squad. I said, why do you want to do that? I said, because I love this community, and I want to give back to the community that gives to me every day. Thank you. And finally, Ali Bachi is one of the candidates for Cookville City Council. Thank you, Larry. <clears throat> Thank you, Larry, for uh, giving us an opportunity. Thank you, um uh, for giving us the opportunity to answer questions. My name's Ali Baji. I'm a native of Cookville, Tennessee. I've, was born here. Um, I returned, uh, after serving in the United States Navy. I spent some time, uh, did a tour in, during Desert Storm and, uh, graduated with a degree in, uh, management information systems from Tennessee Tech and have over 30 years of experience in manufacturing and healthcare environments. Um, got a lot of uh, strategic planning, um, uh, IT infrastructure planning and, and uh, under my belt. And I think that the skill sets that I have in my project management roles will help uh, benefit the citizens of Cookville and help us as a community move forward uh, smartly. So there are an opening statement from each of the candidates that are running for Cookville City Council. There are two ways you can question. One is our panel of experts and leaders in our community, and we'll hear from them in a moment. We're also giving you a chance to ask questions that are important to you. We will choose three of the candidates at random to each answer your question. You can go to our Facebook page and do that. That's what Dolores has done. And this question will go to Mark, Luke, and Chad. Mark, Luke, and Chad. What do you feel like is the most important matter that Cookville is currently facing? Dolores wants to know. What is the most important matter that you feel like Cookville is currently facing? We'll start with Mark. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, Dolores, for asking that question. Currently, we have uh, 
some development going on uh, south of the interstate. And one thing that I think that we're already behind the game on is creating a south interstate drive. We need to go over Pilot's Knob with a road that can connect uh, behind Sam's Club and over near uh, Greengate Lane, which is where the old Norwalk building used to be. We need to get on that now. If we if we don't start working on that right now, we're going to be behind the game, and that's never going to happen, and uh, we, we are going to have some major traffic issues in the future. So thank you. Luke? Thank you for the question. Dolores, I think yeah, I deal with this every day, so it's housing and homeless, and those kind of go to hand in hand. And the reason being is because that affects everything in the city. That affects our business owners. Uh, that affects our landowners, that affects our hospital, uh, and that affects us, um, you know, with the trash and just everything that goes on. One thing is the ha average homeless individual costs somewhere between fifteen to $30,000 for the city or the uh, the city that where they're at. So we got to look at ways we can either help them. Um, we obviously, we've had a panhandle issue, so we got to revisit that and see what we can do. Uh, there are some things. we got to bring some checks and balances into that. And for me, that is one of the biggest things I really want to look into to bring some balance back to that. But also, if people are truly homeless, get them the help they need. Um, those that are not, we need those checks and balances in place. Chad, what is the most important issue in your mind that is facing Cookville at the moment? Uh, thank you again, Doris, for the question. To, to me, infrastructure and growth are inseparable. That's that's the one of the big bullet items that when I talk to folks, and I agree with that that's 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 what's paramount to us making sure that as a city council and as a council member I and the, and the and the other four have our hands around there are sp some specifics that we can do our major street plan hasn't been updated since 08 it needs to be updated and uh, there are there are, there are roads in process that have, that uh, are being Stephen Street for one has already been decided 10th Street has uh, the, the beginning phase of that has been done but there are others down the down the series of that 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 can loosen up some of the some of the immediate congestion and some of the, the street improvements that, that need to happen at a council level along with department heads, we come together and we, we come up with that, that, that priority list. Uh, second to that is, uh, is, a, is a deliberate pattern as to how we, we're going to grow and that 2030 plan needs to be updated to a 2040 plan. And that's exciting to think that, hey, that's where we can engage the public and get, get a consensus from them or, or at least some sort of major opinion as to how they want to see things go. And then as a council, we can take that and then we can go and execute uh, kind of overviewing decisions. Let's uh, start with our leadership panel from uh, across Cookville, and we bring in realtor Amber Flynn Jarrett. Amber, if you'll come on up. Uh, Amber is going to focus on the issues of affordable housing and development. And so this first question from Amber will go to Eric, uh, Brian, and Ollie. Eric, Brian, and Ollie will get this first question from Amber Flynn Jarrett. Um, so unless you've been living under a rock lately, you have been hearing a lot about the struggles that we have with inventory in the real estate market, both in purchase and sale and in rentals. So in order to increase inventory, uh, there are those that say we need more developments with high density, uh, which will only come through rezoning property that's already in the city limits. So what are your thoughts on that? And then if there is time um, about annexing property that is not in the city limits that could potentially meet this need. And we'll start with Eric. 
Uh, thank you for coming today, Amber. And I, I appreciate this question a lot. It's something that I've got a lot of experience with. Um, I've served as the past president of the Home Builders Association for Cookville. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we do have a lack of inventory in the real estate market. However, we've had the best real estate sales that we've ever had in our community. So the inventory is moving. And I think that's the biggest problem that uh, a lot of that industry is facing right now. Um, however, I do think that Cookville needs to continue a steady growth path. We've done this for years. All of my life, uh, Cookville's managed to slide through recessions, slide through downturns in the economy without making drastic changes and having a steady growth path. We need to continue that. We need to make sure that we're not allowing uh, large outside uh, firms to come in and just build mass housing units that don't help our local economy. We've had some experience with outside development firms coming in who don't work with local businesses. They don't buy local materials. Um, and when it's time to go get your mortgage or your insurance, you don't get to work with a local banker. And so I do think that the larger the density is and the, if, if you get over a certain number of homes for a specific contractor, that you certainly aren't getting a product that's locally built and part of that steady growth path. And so I think it's important to keep it local, keep our growth local. We've managed to do this for decades, and we need to continue that trend. Brian? Well, I think we need to stay local. Our planning committee, we have a great planning committee at the city of Coolville. We have a great structure set up. I think we just need to stay the course and just do everything that best suits Cookville. And I think we need to grow within Cookville and stay within our leaders and our builders and our contractors and our bankers. And I just think that's my opinion on what we need to do going forward. Ollie. I, too, am a proponent of uh, staying local. Uh, but as far as growth, every you know, uh, price of housing is uh, tied directly to inventory. So it's a supply and demand issue. So whenever you have uh, low supply and high demand, prices are going to increase. So <clears throat> affordable housing really, you know, is a direct result of that. And I think we should uh, take a look and, and, and see what opportunities we have uh, uh, in certain properties and take a look and see if there's opportunities to uh, get developers in there and build affordable housing. Our next question will go to Linda, Lauren, and Jordan, and we'll call on Sean Fry, uh, whose background is as a criminal defense attorney and uh, certainly understands the issues of crime in our community. Well, good evening. First of all, let me take an opportunity to thank of you, each of you for your willingness to serve. Uh, to step out and run for public office is challenging and uh, oftentimes thankless. So let me take the opportunity to thank you for your willingness to serve. My question is concerning funding of the Cookville Police Department. With the increasing population which we're experiencing here in Cookville, oftentimes results in an increase in crime. Police officers and first responders have very dangerous jobs. I've seen many qualified, experienced officers leave law enforcement to pursue less demanding uh, careers, which are oftentimes higher paying positions. In today's economy, police departments are struggling to attract new qualified recruits and to compete with higher paying private sector jobs. Yet across the country on the news, I hear uh, areas pushing to defund the police. So as a city council member, you would have direct input as to the Cookville uh, Police Department's budget. So what would your plan be for the future of funding for the Cookville Police Department? And we'll pose that first to Linda. 
Thank you. I definitely think this is a very important question and we have to look at it and be honest with ourselves about what our internal motivations are. Our police are the people who keep us safe. They answer the calls that we make. Our our fire department and our paramedics also and we have to invest in our community these are the folks that live here they are our best resource defunding the police is an absolute opposite thing to supporting our community there is absolutely no reason why I can see we should ever defund our police we should properly train them we should give them the moral support and the community support that they need in order to do their job safely my uncle, who was a police officer for 28 years, the one thing he said is the most dangerous moment in a police officer's life is the minute he gets out of that car to walk up to a strange, to, gets out of his vehicle to walk up to a stranger's car. And we need to respect that moment for them because they take their life into their hands every day. We need to respect the police and we need to honor them for the the sacrifice that they and their family make every single day and give them the support they need, the training they need, and the tools they need. Lauren? Thanks for that question. So the first day that I was on city council, this was something that we were already addressing with building the new police headquarters. We realized that our police department was lacking in that, and we were able to complete that under budget. So that's something I'm very proud that we were already able to do on city council. Another thing we realized was that our first responders are, were underpaid. We took a look at what they were getting paid and realized that we needed to step up our game. And so we did. We were able to give multiple pay increases to our first responders, our fire, our police. And being a former emergency room nurse, that, that is a department I'm very passionate about because I saw the patients they would bring into our emergency department. I saw the things that they were going through. And so that was a priority of ours on the city council. And we were able to do that, increase their pay so not only can we the ones that we have working for us we can recruit new new staff to come in to to protect our city and so I'm very proud of the work that we've already done on City Council and hope to continue that good work to support not only our police but fire as well and Jordan thank you Sean for being here and thank you for that question because that is a priority issue the, the short of it is we need to back our law enforcement 100 percent we are here in a in a neighborhood and in a community. We're on a, a major interstate. There's so many things that go on from folks that are coming down our interstates. And as has been mentioned numerous times, we do have an underfunded police department. I actually know a gentleman that lives in Granville up in Jackson County. He's willing to travel to Rutherford County. He goes to Murfreesboro. Uh, he doesn't want to live in Wilson County or Rutherford County because they're more dangerous than we are. But he actually travels that distance, and we could be attracting him here. I understand our police department is actually underfunded compared to some communities uh, even here in the Upper Cumberland, and so we need to look at that. My understanding is that our salaries across the board, across all departments, get a 2% raise every year. So that conversation may need to be looked at about do we separate police salaries because some of these other jobs, whether it's the uh, uh, customer service, whether it's electric department, gas, and some of these other services, they may not have the same competition from the private sector or from other places, but our police department, we need to, to definitely build our police department. We need to support them 100%, and that affects our security, but also affects our business community, especially our small businesses, keeping everybody safe. So that needs to be a priority issue to, to back them 100%. The next question goes to Jeremy, D, and Linda. And this comes from someone listening online or watching online. You can go to our Facebook page and submit your question that you'd like the candidates for Cookville City Council to answer. Dylan wants to know, with growth in Cookville, what do you think needs to be done to help the fire department? And we'll start with Jeremy. 
Um, it kind of goes along with, you know, with the police department, too. I mean, when it comes down to, I mean, when your house is on fire, you want to make sure that the people that are coming have all the equipment that they need and all the personnel that they need. Uh, the fact to be a firefighter, to willingly run into a building that's on fire to help save somebody is, uh, I mean, beyond what I can comprehend. I, I don't know if I could really do it for somebody that I don't know. Uh, so it really needs to be right up there with our law enforcement. I mean, they need to have everything that they need without any question, and it should just, I mean, that's just how it should be. D? First of all, thanks for tuning in, Dylan, and uh, thank you for the question. So with any situation, especially when you're um, operating um uh, when you operate a business, um, you have to think about do the people that um, are employees, do they have the correct equipment? Do they have the um, the suitable equipment to take care of what we need, uh, the needs of the, uh, of the public? So imagine this. We have a fire somewhere and we have a fire engine that is not um, that is not up to standards, not up to codes. We're just making the most out of what we have. And they're just doing a lot with um, a little bit and that fire truck goes down while your house is on fire um, I hope that that paints a picture to let you know that we have to stand behind and support the needs of the people that are our EMTs our police department that's already been said but also our firefighters as well giving you the chance to meet the candidates for Cookville City Council Linda so I'm passionate about the police and the fire. So I think those are two perfect questions for me. Um, we need a fire station. I think it's number five that we need. That's just absolutely unequivocally the next main thing the fire department needs. However, the one thing that I thought was ironic when I got to meet with them and speak with these amazing men and women is they don't have waterproof walkie-talkies. They don't have walkie-talkies where if they fall down, it doesn't send out a signal to no one. They don't have necessarily the safety equipment that is top-notch to do the job that they need to do to save our lives. They answer every single call they get with passion and, and just motivation to make Cookville safer. And we have not been able to keep up, and that's something that we do need to address. We also need to make sure that we're providing them with the support, just like we do with the police. Um, they have stations that need remodeling, which I believe was approved. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure it was, which was approved. So they've already started on that. But we need to do better so that these men and women who pretty much spend one third of every bit of their life at work, they feel confident when they come into work that their employers, which is the city of Cookville um, people, they, they love and respect them and want them to show up and want to reward them through pay and respect. You're listening to Cookville 2022, a town hall forum on WLQK Livingston, WBXE Baxter, WUCT Allgood, and WUCH Cookville. We have the candidates who are running for Cookville City Council as we head to the polls next week. And we're taking questions both online from you on social media and from our community leaders who have joined us tonight. We'll call on Justin Grant next. Uh, he is a care pastor at Church on the Hill. And so perspective from Justin on this next question that will go to Jordan, Eric, and Chad about serving those in need across our community. Hey, thanks, everybody, uh, for being out here. Um, in your opinion, what are the greatest barriers to upward economic mobility for the people in our community? And what is your plan to help people in our community get from 
um, one position in, you know, maybe dealing with poverty to a better life. And again, we'll start with Jordan. Thank you so much. Thank you for that question, too, because service in that aspect is very critical for us to start looking at giving people an upward, upward chance. It's been said before by myself and others have heard that my grandfather came from Ukraine after World War II. He came here for he came here for opportunity. He came here to seek a better way of life. People are coming to Cookville for that very same reason. Workforce development is a critical issue that we look at regarding that because we have such a labor shortage and it's affecting everybody. It's holding our economy down and it's also holding families and individuals down with this workforce shortage. And so we need to look at workforce development. That's where these relationships come together. We have an awesome school system here in Putnam County. It's been a privilege to work with them the last eight years as a member of the county commission. And so having those relationships with the county commission, with the school board, even maybe getting the state involved too, because the state has a lot to do with education, workforce development, but working all together and trying to get our workforce uh, up to where it needs to be for these changing jobs. We know we have an economy that's rapidly changing. I was talking over the weekend with an individual who uh, talked about a lot of the T-shirt factories that used to be in our area all throughout the Upper Cumberland, and we know that we're rapidly moving towards more of a high-tech industry, and so we need to start having a vision also uh, for that to recruit those kind of industries here and promote economic development. Eric? Yeah, I think it's certainly a, a challenge, um, you know, there that we do need in our community to – provide that upper mobility to all citizens in our community. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to the opportunity to have a job and to move forward with that job. And in our four, past four years on the council, we've had unbelievable job growth in our community. We've got great numbers on how we sustain jobs in our community. Um, it's In fact, you, all over Cookville, you can drive around, and there's a now hiring sign in the window. And I think that's going to be important to not only make that available to people, may help them understand it, but we're going to have to also tackle harder issues like uh, drug and alcohol abuse. We're going to have to tackle issues with uh, affordable housing and, and the issues that keep people from sustaining those jobs over time, that keep people from wanting to work and better themselves in those jobs. And it'll have to come from the entire community. You know, one council is not going to have all the answers. They're going to have to work with their faith-based organizations. They're going to have to work with organizations that help provide those treatments, help provide things to make people better in our community. So it's it's really about putting the people first and making sure that you're working as a community to develop that. Chad. Sure. Being in business, one of the things that I found is that you want to present a framework in which there's opportunity for people to move up. You you put that in front of them. You 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 allow them to perform. You allow talent to rise to to the, to to a level where hey, it's remunerated at a, at a higher level, and on, and on the the system goes. The city count that, that translates well to the city council. My experience on the chamber, uh, working with economic development, it it that same framework it, it, at a council level. The council, the decisions we make, uh, the framework we provide in, in, in this, in this city, in this, in this business venture that we, as a, as a city council, we're, we're, we work as an effective board of directors and the decisions we make directly uh, affect the folks, uh, down the chain that, that are, that are not only workers, but the, the, the folks in the middle that are developers, the builders, the, the people that bring new business as we partner with the chamber. All that comes right back to the council where the decisions we make immediately need to impact a framework in which it's conducive for business to be here, offer those those better paying jobs. Those are the decisions that we can make that directly make a difference. 
All right, let's uh, bring aboard Matt Swallows. He's a former mayor of Cookville, and so he understands from his perspective the workings of city council and city government as a whole. He will pose a question to Ollie, D, and Luke. Gals, for putting your name on the ballot, it's a, it's easy to sit out there and be an armchair, armchair quarterback, but once you put your name on there, it becomes real, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot, but I appreciate you all doing this. I really do. Uh, and I'm also a hog eye boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my question. With the growth of our region, which that seems to be a common theme tonight, uh, and it will be, uh, with the growth of our region, uh, and the true need for a regional hospital in our area. <clears throat> Do you think it's best that CRMC is owned by the city, or should we sell to, to a bigger entity that has more medical resources? It's not a yes-no question, pride question. This just needs to be thought through, because if you think about it, <clears throat> the hospital would fetch probably well over $600 million for the city of Cookville. Uh, would you do you think the city needs to continue to own it and grow it or should we sell it and take the money and put resources into the city why or why not and we'll start with all i'm glad i got that question i currently i i'm an 18-year employee of the hospital and i have so to answer the question i think us having a city-owned hospital is good for the community it's it's good for the quality of care that we receive in the community as well Coville regional medical centers the premier health care provider and hospital in the region uh, i've worked with hospitals in the surrounding counties where a corporate entity has made the purchase and we at Copa Regional reinvest in new service lines, new technology. We've got the best equipment where a corporate entity would redirect those funds back to uh, a central location. And then also as patients come through uh, that uh, facility, they're going to be uh, referred back to either Nashville or Knoxville or wherever that corporate entity may be. Finish your thought. Okay. Um, so the bottom line is, I, I think not, and I think too, uh, we as the Cookville Regional Medical Center paying the city of Cookville seven hundred uh, seven hundred thousand dollars a year annually in lieu of taxes is uh, is a good thing from a financial standpoint as well. Question for D. Simple and plain. I think that the city. Um, needs to be the, um, the, the, the entity that, um, runs the hospital, owns the hospital. It needs to be city owned. When you start thinking, I've been somebody who has been through acquisitions, mergers, um, and it's not always pretty on the other side. The dollar signs look great, but there's some things that go along with it. I believe that our city and having experience with the cancer center with my late wife, um, there was a certain hometown, treat you like a human being feel than there has been when we've gone to private hospitals elsewhere for her to seek care. It was almost like we were treated as a number. 
um, if you can imagine that. So it's not always greener on the other side. I think that that goes along with this. You get private entities that may own the hospital. You start getting uh, people talking about operations costs and budget cuts and people start losing jobs. People that have worked 18 years and they start giving out severances when you have private uh, entities owning it. And the next thing that you know, it becomes a corporation rather than what we have right now. And I think that we should keep it, cultivate it, grow it, make it our own. It's our project. It's our hospital. And it stays home. Luke, would you tackle that question? Well, they've done a really good job at tackling that question. Um, I mean, honestly, I, and that's one thing I really enjoy about a lot of the minds up here is I think we all think the same way when it comes to something like this. I think it needs to stay local. Uh, I think we need to keep it because we have buy-in, and and um, I think everybody likes that because it's a rarity to have a local hospital, and we and we take pride in that, right? It's Cookville. It's Cookville Regional. We take pride in that. So keeping it local, keeping it with us, I think, is uh, the best thing because if we do sell it, then there's a, there is, like they've said, there's chance for cost, a lot of increase, and in being looked at like a number, as Dee said, um, it's good to go in there because you know people. It's good to go in there because it is a home feel and when you're talking with individuals. So I, I can't say anything extra than other than what they've said, but I'm just going to have to piggyback off them, and, you know, I, it has to stay local. If you have a question for the candidates for Cookville City Council, you can go to our Facebook page. That is what uh, Brian has done, and uh, Brian will put this question to Brian Jones. Lauren Wheaton and Mark Miller. Brian says, Cookville is experiencing problems from rapid growth. Some of that has to do with not enough sidewalks in many areas and infrastructure that doesn't support safe bicycling. What would you do about that? Brian, we'll go with you first. Well, we have to get together with uh, our development or project. Infrastructure is a big issue, and now I think everybody realizes that, our roads. Uh, Buffalo Valley Road, Spring Street, um, around uh, Tennessee Tech, Safer sidewalk stuff like that for bicycling, walking, stuff of that nature. We just have to get together and see what we could do. Get our hands dirty, see what we could do potentially there. Lauren? Thanks for that question. This is something that, while being on City Council these past four years, we have been working on. We have had multiple sidewalk improvement projects that not only we've completed, but we have gotten to start. Uh, some of those are going to take a little bit longer, but we are working on those for sure. But something else we did on City Council was we took 15 cents of our property tax and put it into an infrastructure pay-as-you-go fund so that when projects do come up that we notice there's a need, we don't have to wait for someone else to come and we don't have to issue a bond. We go right to that project and we get to fix it. We have a running list going of the areas that we need to improve. You can actually go to our city website and see what capital projects we have going on there. But this is something that we're constantly working on and having a proactive attitude, which is something that I feel like I've done by being in healthcare, that's just the way I look at things. We're always looking at areas that we need to improve, make sure we've got those on our list and that we're doing them as they come along. Mark. Yeah, so thanks for the question. Uh, we, we have been working on sidewalk projects. Uh, one one of the things that we are currently working on are TDOT grant projects. We've had some issues with some of those where they're taking multiple years, and by the time the grant money comes in, the project's doubled or tripled in costs. So uh, th that has been a hindrance in some of our projects that we're currently working on. Another thing that we really have to look at is it's really easy to say, hey, we need more sidewalks, we need more bike lanes, we need more fire stations, we need more higher pay for police officers. But what tax burden do the taxpayers actually want to pay? Like, 
we are working the best way we possibly can to make sure that we give the max amount of dollars for each um, quadrant on our pie chart of our budget. And do we want to pay higher taxes for more sidewalks? Do we want to pay higher taxes for more police officers? Do we want to pay higher taxes for everything? Or do we want to remain a low-tax city? And that's the, the question we all need to ask ourselves up here. Let's uh, bring Walter Buck to the uh, microphone. Walter is the vice president of the Cookville Putnam County NAACP and gives us a chance to focus on issues of diversity. This first question will go to Jeremy, Chad, and Jordan. All right. Thank you. Okay. There are organizations in Cookville that promote diversity, inclusion, including Impact, NAACP, and Impact Cookville. These organizations provide educational mentorship for students and adult leadership training, civic engagement, along with social and economic equality of rights for all persons. Given that diversity and inclusion are important to forwarding business opportunity, investment, productivity, and satisfaction for workers, what would you do to promote diversity and inclusion in Cookville? Jeremy, we'll start with you. I think as, as a community, and I was kind of given this question before, uh, as a community, I feel that we, just because of the hometown feel that we have, I, I do feel that there's, you're going to have issues with people and you're going to have, you know, people are going to butt heads a lot. But I mean, ultimately, I think together we come to an understanding on what needs to be done. Uh, there's always, like I said, there's always going to be problems. Me personally, I mean, I don't have issues with people just because I don't see them as, anything other than than people than what we were created to be uh so it's kind of hard for me to answer this question because i don't i don't look at a community being that way i look at everybody as being an equal person that needs to be you know upheld to a standard of what what god wants us to be and that's kind of where i stand on this chad uh, similarly, I, I was raised in a house where, you know, we were, we were all created equal. Uh, and, and in our house, it was a meritocracy. You, you either performed or you, it really didn't matter what, what your hair color was or what you look like. You, and, and, and I've grown up with that similar attitude. I, I, I don't particularly look for physical differences amongst one person to another to, to, that they, they they may be entitled to one advantage or another or, or, or that they would see, I would see them disadvantaged. I, I, or, or a disadvantage from my perspective, as a council member, I, I think I, I would I would look at things the same lens. I, I don't I don't look for differences to give one person uh, a discount or an edge. And uh, I'm similar to Jerry and uh, Jeremy in that respect. That you know I think God created us all equally. And as a council member, our job is to make sure that there's a framework that everyone can perform and 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 have upward mobility based on merit. And Jordan. Yeah, thank you for the question. Very important uh, issue to, to consider. My faith calls me to look, just as we've all said, my faith calls me to look at all people as equal. We definitely want to make sure uh, that we're promoting everybody from within. We are known for unity in this community. I think back to the tornado back in 2020. It's just amazing. You look at, at the old Hobby Lobby parking lot, look where Gabe's is now. 
that parking lot was full. It just, it just amazes you when you th- think about the compassion very shortly after that tornado. Our community came together. People didn't look at race. They didn't look at where you came from. We came together. And our community is known for that nationwide because th- that was the worst tornado that hit our country in three years. And we were known around the country. People saw us come together. We want to be a seamless city. I think we, we are in many ways. And uh, people have been asking me about that because I've been talking about this on the campaign trail. The former mayor of St. Petersburg, Florida, Rick Baker, talks about being a seamless city where you don't go into neighborhoods and say, don't go there and uh, lock your doors uh, at night. And, and when you're going through, don't walk in that neighborhood. You don't want to do that. There's no seam. There's no railroad track or, or street that you cross and say, that's not a community or part of the community you want to be in. And that's what we want to be about in our community. We need to continue to progress uh, in that fashion. Thank you for the question, Walter. Let's bring uh, Wayne Cravens aboard uh, with some look at some of the issues that impact businesses in Cookville as uh, this question will be posed to Lauren, Eric, and Jeremy. Thank you, and and, uh, I want to echo what many of my associates here on the panel have said tonight. We really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, I know it's hard, so thanks for for throwing um, yourself into this race. We, We need leadership. I'm here representing the business community, and I know of no greater issue in the business community today than jobs. Um, We have over 3,000 openings presently in this community. Uh, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on initiatives that you might take on the council to try to close this gap and eradicate the issue, both for present employers and to attract new ones. And we'll pose it first to Lauren. I think one of the important things that we need to note is that Cookville is in a place now where we can be selective about the type of industries and jobs that we're recruiting to come in here to make sure that these are jobs that have higher salaries where someone can get a job and they can buy a home, they can raise their family here, and they can turn around and invest in Cookville. I think utilizing Tennessee Tech is one way that we can we can uh, increase the amount of people that we have working in the jobs around Cookville. That's such a great asset. So making sure that we're utilizing that connection with tech and the all the schools that they have, whether it be engineering, nursing, business, but making sure that we're making those connections to get those jobs filled. But again, this is something that's happening everywhere. Obviously, uh, Cookville doesn't have the solution. There is not one simple solution, but by utilizing the resources that we have, like tech, like making sure we're recruiting those high-paying jobs, I think that'll be beneficial to us. Put it next to Eric. You know, the jobs issue, and we had a similar question earlier, but the jobs issue is certainly one of the the most important topics that we can discuss. Um, as a business owner, I, I, I can understand every single business owner in this community has trouble hiring people and keeping employees in their business. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's hard these days. Um, you know, there's not that many people willing to work out there. There's not as many people who can afford to work in our community. Right now, one of our biggest problems is housing. You know, uh, we're seeing new houses being built, but they're being sold for well over 300, $350,000, $400,000. And, and somebody working an average job in Cookville can't, can simply not afford that. So we are going to have to look at the housing issue. Um, we're also going to look at what qualifies people. What are people struggling with? You know, we talked earlier about how substance abuse and it can be a problem and how uh, there's issues with, you know, entering the workforce. Um, that's things that we're going to have to tackle in this community. Um, we also need to look at 
um, you know, utilizing smart areas and planning in our city. Um, one of the biggest issues that Kugel's always looked at, you know, and we've only approved sitting on the planning commission, we've only approved very few apartments in the past few years. Um, and when I say very few, I mean, it's a fraction of a percentage of what houses have been done. And so when we're looking at affordable housing, we're going to have to get the rent rates down. We're going to have to make sure that we're putting the types of housing in in a smart way. And the fairgrounds is a great location for that. It'd be a great location to build another large apartment complex without having a major effect on the city. Jeremy. Um, I'm on, you know, with tech and everything, we have a whole lot of people that come to Cookville to go to tech just because it's one of the premier, you know, engineering and nursing. But the problem is, is you have people that come and they get their education and then they move away. Uh, our biggest thing is there's plenty of jobs here for those people, and we need to make sure that we continue to keep bringing jobs in for those people. But then we also have to figure out a way to, you know, keep them here after they graduate. Uh, which has always been a struggle because most of them come here and then they're like, okay, I've gotten a better, you know, offer somewhere else and I'm not going to stay here. So, you know, it really comes down to we have plenty of jobs to keep people here. We just have to make them realize that this is where they need to stay. This is, you know, and they need to see the same way that we feel about Cookville. They need to feel the same way too and see what what it means to, to be in this community. Uh, ultimately, it comes down to making sure that we have jobs that people are going to be able to to work in that they can be trained in and people that aren't working uh that may think that they don't have what what it takes to do certain jobs i mean they need to understand that you know there's people out there that's going to help them get that job uh thank you you're listening to cookville 2022 a town hall forum as election day approaches for the candidates for cookville city council we're moving through a lot of questions from you listening at home we appreciate those you can go to our facebook page and send us a question. That's what Fisher has done. What are the plans to build uh, a new fire station two and fire station three as they are both old and outdated? Fisher wants to know what are your ideas on what do we need to do to build new fire stations? We're going to put that question to Mark, Linda, and Dee. And Mark, we will start with you. Hey, th thanks for the question. So we're, we're currently working on renovating station one right now we've uh, approved the plans uh, and they're starting to work th that process the next step is working on two and three there are some i mean they were built in the 70s or 60s or 70s so that they are pretty old and i've heard stories of black mold i've heard stories of uh, like not having ice machines so uh, whatever we can do to get that started um, and and actually get those built the one on North Washington, we do have some issues with land. So we're going to have to tear that down and then not have that station until we build a new one on that piece of land. So there, it's not like we can um, build a station somewhere else and then uh, tear it down. We're actually going to be without a station, so we're going to have to work double duty out of some of the other stations. So, But I think Station 2 is our our next step so um, we are currently working on that and it's in the pipeline so thank you Linda how do you see the fire station issue I see that fire and police is going to be my topic of the night so, <laughs> um, this I is all at random now I, it's all good God has a funny way of working stuff out so I definitely think that working on the stations is a vital step for us making sure that our fire and safe our fire feels safe 
firemen and women feel safe at home, away from home, while at work. We definitely need to continue to address building the, the new ones that are not currently in existence and repairing the ones that we have. Filling that gap and making sure that all citizens are safe by fire is important and critical for us to continue to feel safe. However, we also need to not ignore the fact that we do not have enough firemen. There is the reality that they have mandatory overtime. They have all kinds of other barriers going on and they do not have all the equipment they need. So when we look at building the fire stations and addressing the safety of the building itself, we also need to address the safety of the equipment that they have and the resources that they have available to them. And as someone else pointed out, without raising taxes, so we have to just be smart about it and utilize the resources that we have available to us. And Dee, will you tackle that one? Sure. Uh, and thank you, Fisher, for the question. Cool name if that's your first name. If it's a nickname, that's cool, too. Um, so I, I echo everything that's been mentioned already. I had the opportunity to visit Fire Station 2, uh, some great guys over there. Um, and I believe in if we are going to if we're going to have a service, EMTs, police, especially firefighters, we have to give them the equipment to be able to do their job at the, at the, at the highest level. We also have to make sure that their conditions, um, that they're in are, are suitable. Um, once, once again, as I mentioned in the last question, we, we can't continue to always just have people make do with what they have. We've got to be able to take care of the people that will take care of us when we are in danger. I cannot stress it enough. So shout out to uh, Fire Station 2 as well. That was a great visit. Let's bring uh, Amber Flynn Jared back to the podium as we uh, focus some attention on the issues of affordable housing and development. And this question will go to Ollie, Brian, and Luke. So with growth being a popular topic of the day, um, if you have spent very much time looking at neighborhood Facebook groups, um, perhaps you may have heard the sentiment that we have too many outsiders coming into our area and it's watering down the small town feel that we have. Um, also happens to lead to the increasing property values that we've been seeing. And I think a lot of folks are just maybe as scared that we're going to lose um, the charm that Cookville has. Um, do you agree with this statement? And what is your overall opinion of people relocating to our area? Ollie, we'll start with you. Yeah. As Cookville grows, obviously we're going to have people move in the community. And I, I think we need to be an accepting community. I think one way that we can uh, retain our charm is the children that we invest in, that, who go to our churches, uh, those uh, students who attend Tennessee Tech, some of them for four years, some of them for 10 years, uh, they become Cookville. They become the identity of Cookville. And what we want to do is provide them opportunity when they graduate or if children grow up, that they have opportunity to work here with a high-quality job, so high-paying job, too. So we need to attract businesses and incentivize businesses to invest or reinvest in our community so our identity doesn't leave us. It actually grows and stays. Brian? Well, I happen to know quite a people, quite a bit of people that live in subdivisions that people are moving in here. The houses are bringing good money right now. They're 
top notch. You know, they're they're bringing the highs they've ever brought. And uh, honestly, um, I'm hearing that they love our small town feel. They love what we represent here. They're lo- they're glad to be a part here, and we're glad to have them. But they come from a different um, setting where they didn't have that hometown feel. And we're just glad to have them and love having them in Cookville. I think that's when they come here. I think uh, it gets instilled in you of what we're representing here, and I think we do a good job at that. Luke, question for you. Well, you know, we are a, a community that we know each other pretty well. Um, you know, a lot of people are moving in, and I think like Brian said, it's, they like it. So we just need to welcome them and show them what Cookville's really about, right? Show them what we're about as Cookvillians and show them, look, this is our, this is our community. Welcome here. And we can kind of make them, I don't say make them fit in, right? But, cause that sounds bad. But what we want to do is, welcome them and show them what we truly are about i don't think we'll lose that small town feel um because i think it's in everybody's hearts to keep it that way we want to keep it that way we want to keep cookville cookville we do not want to be murfreesboro we do not want to be these areas we want to be cookville we want to be different and i think obviously some of these people moving in they bring a unique perspective as well and we need to be open to them and share Cookville with them and not make them feel like outsiders. Uh, we need to make sure they are feel they do feel welcome here, and I appreciate that. I like going around talking to a lot of people, so if there's anybody feels like they're not welcome, I'll I'll go visit them with my cute little kids. There you go. <laughs> Let's bring uh, Sean up again and uh, uh, a chance for us to talk about some of the issues related to crime, which obviously is a part of the the whole growth part that is happening in Cookville. And we'll pose this question to Chad, Brian, and Dee. All right, so the question I've got for you here is concerning some of the mental health issues that face uh, our uh, city uh, and the homeless issue that we have here, which oftentimes end up in court. Uh, Individuals with mental health issues have been at the forefront of the national news lately. Uh, Unfortunately, it's oftentimes in relation to a violation of the law from something as minor as maybe panhandling or loitering or something uh, much more major as a mass shooting situation. Uh, and addressing this also, uh, it goes along with a homelessness issue. Um, I've lived in Cookville my entire life. I don't think I've ever seen a time where there's been more homeless individuals out on the side of the road asking for help. Unfortunately, those who are oftentimes uh, homeless find themselves in a situation where they're just on dire straits or they have mental health issues or they have some addiction issues, and they oftentimes end up in the legal system, a system which is not very good for dealing with those types of issues. So my question for the city, for you as a city council member, is what would be your ideas for trying to tackle the growing uh, homeless uh, community that we have and addressing some of those mental health issues outside of court? Chad, we'll start with you. You know, there's not a voter that I've talked to that hasn't mentioned this. I got a call today uh, from a from a voter, you might say, that you know he 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 saw what I've seen. Even in the last six weeks, I've seen more walking up and down particular streets than I than I have seen prior in the last year and it and, and Sean to your point it's probably as bad as I've seen uh, at, at a council level again which is what we're all here for uh, the the I've met with our local sheriff I've met with our police chief and we have to lean into their suggestions they are the the, the professional experts at those levels they're the folks on the front line and at a council level we have to support them now in addition to that can we can we get a, a, a 
some counseling opinion from experts in the mental health field? Can we can we find folks that can actually separate the folks that have the the mental health versus the addiction or vice versa? Because at a at a council level we can't, but we need we need to be diligent about it and bringing folks in who can help us with that. There's not someone in here, and I've said this before. We're, we're all we're all acquainted and, and probably have participated in efforts to help those that need a hand up, uh, whether it be through church or some volunteer effort. And and there are those folks, but the but the folks that 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 are not in that situation we have to lean on our and, and support our law enforcement professionals brian how would you answer that question well i'd answer this question well we've got to stay like active with our law enforcement we've probably got to get a committee together that understands the issues whether it be substance abuse or issues like that homelessness and stuff like that we've just got to get with our law enforcement probably get a committee together to see what the best solution is a win-win situation for our community and the people that are it that's fell on tough times i think we've all known somebody that's fell on tough times we want to make sure that we're being every bit we can to help everybody succeed in our community d so i think that you have to look at the root of the issue when you start talking about homelessness uh, homelessness you start talking about what causes it it's not always what we think what we see on tv or what we um hear about um as hearsay um i, I think that there it, with the homelessness issue that we we've had in cookville a lot of it has to do with um drug use and it also has to do with the mental health issue and that's bigger than any of them i think that the best way to approach it I love what Chad and Brian both said about leaning on law enforcement because they're the experts in, um, you know, in, in, uh, I guess getting them to a, a better situation. Um, but I think that we should have like mental health facilities, maybe not more, but we can have mental health facilities that, uh, help with the process, expedite the process of getting them in, getting them help, uh, getting them through programs and then quite possibly turning them to, to, uh, faith-based organizations or organizations that such as our substance abuse program that we have over at the, uh, UCHRA. Um, but I believe that the biggest thing is getting to the root of the problem and making sure that we have a process uh, that they can go through that expedites getting them help. Linda has submitted a question on Facebook uh, as our Cookville 2022 forum continues. We'll put this question to Jeremy, Lauren, and Jordan. Linda wants to know, is there a need for more park space, especially south of Interstate 40? More park space, especially south of Interstate 40. Jeremy, we'll start with you. I would agree we do uh, because most of the parks that are in this community are kind of more centralized than, you know, spread out just because, I mean, over time, Cookville is slowly, you know, spreading out a little further and a little further. Uh, and not everybody can has the ability to make it to one of the parks. So I definitely agree that we need more park space, more place for, you know, family and kids. You know, they're a little closer to some of these other communities and, and you know, places that are being built. Lauren, how do you answer this? Cookville has some great parks already. I was lucky enough to be a volunteer to build the Heart of the City Playground um, and be a volunteer building that up. We've been able to purchase land to expand our parks, Cane Creek. We've done some renovations to West End Park. So that's always on the forefront of things that the City Council is focusing on because we realize that parks improve the quality of life for our citizens. And we recently just purchased land 
right across the street over here that we would like to possibly utilize for a park. We realize, again, green space is something that's going to attract people. It's going to improve the quality of life. So it's something that we're always trying to do. But I think Cookville already has some great areas, and improving them, expanding them is something that I'm proud that we've done and will continue to do on City Council. Jordan. Well, thank you, Linda, for that question. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, definitely a, a very good uh point she has there because when you think about a lot of our park space it's mostly in the north and western parts of town we don't have much uh, in the south it's always a benefit especially as you're recruiting industry as you're trying to provide our young ones and our families things to do and and things to keep people from uh, being on the streets and that sort of thing it's always good to have uh, recreation opportunities and parks that would definitely be uh, something worth looking into it would definitely be uh, probably a, a positive i think for the southern part of our community especially as you look at our topography the growth is going to go to the south it's going to go to the west uh, because that's the uh, the better land to be able to develop. And so as people build subdivisions, as they continue to build homes and businesses, uh, going from here towards the airport, towards White County, towards uh, uh, Double Springs as well, it's something we need to look into is uh, park space. The big question, though, is, too, is to how to pay for it. We need to make sure that we, we balance that out. We, we don't want to uh, raise taxes, uh, if, if not necessary. We don't want to raise taxes for uh, parks and rec too much because, again, our parks and rec, we have a great department, but we want to make sure uh, that we are staying a very affordable city and that we are uh, looking that direction. Justin, if we could get you to come forward again, uh, Justin Grant, care pastor at Church on the Hill, as we focus on human services. Thanks. I was going through uh, census data today, and I noticed that there was a discrepancy between the average uh, household income and the median household income. Uh, in our community, and all that means is that our income distribution is weighted towards the bottom end of uh, the income line. Um, if you grow up in an impoverished household, that does not give you a, a glaring advantage in city council. However, if our community is represented uh, heavily in that end of the spectrum, what has been your personal um, experience or history with poverty even if you didn't grow up in it how do you relate to the people that are going through that and we'll pose that question to mark ollie and linda mark we'll uh, start with you yes uh thanks for the question that's an extremely important question to me I, i've born and raised here from a lower um income family and uh, i can say that um this community's had a lot of support um for me personally, like I went to uh, Parkview, then Capshaw, then Avery Trace, and the high school, all the way through Tennessee Tech, and um, the support that has been given to me throughout that entire time. Like I was able to become a council member, I was able to start a business in this town, and lots of the leaders, and especially lots of the community and business leaders, have really helped and are, are definitely willing to reach out and help people um, succeed and that's something that's extremely important to me and I want to continue to um, I, I want to be that hand up now um, what worth the seat that I've got so thanks for that question Ollie well <clears throat> being in the military I started out at a very low rank and so I do know what it's like to not make it to the next paycheck uh, so um, I, I do empathize with that. I think a, a way that we could narrow that gap is simply by attracting industry in here that's going to reinvest and 
reinvest in its human resource with uh, higher wages. And and that's what we're looking for is higher wages because that's what's going to lift everyone up in the community, I think. And Linda? Well, I have been homeless before. (laughs) So I know how that feels. I know how it is to live in my car or not even have a car to sleep in and have to beg people for a place to stay. And I was very, very fortunate during my brief time as being homeless. I am an extremely highly motivated person to be a go-getter. So I did not like that feeling at all. Um, And I was blessed to not have mental health barriers or a substance abuse issue at the time that I was homeless. Um, I did have a child that I was with, homeless with. And she motivated me further to do the things I needed. But when I reached out for help, I lived in an area where they rejected me as being homeless. They did not help me in any way. My family was not in a position to help me. So I had to get creative and I had to work two full-time jobs. I had to do what was needed. I stayed with a friend of mine who I did not go to church at the time. I met him. He invited me to church. I begged them to give me um, some resources. They did. I just, I got really lucky. Not everybody has the motivation or the internal confidence to do what I did. And we need to build those individuals up and never forget that everybody's story is unique. And there is nobody who can say, I know what you've been through exactly. So we need to be passionate and compassionate for everyone who is suffering any kind of diversity that we have. Next question is from Matt Swallows, who uh, is former mayor, so he understands the uh, how it all works and how it comes together. This uh, question will go for Luke, Eric, and Chad. Uh, <clears throat> this question is a city government question specifically. Uh, the current government structure for the city of Cookville is a city manager, and as much as it hurt my ego years ago, weak mayor. Um, <laughs> it seems to have served the city very well so far. Uh, but it has been posed recently, um, sh- should Cookville switch to a mayor as elected full-time position, run the city, or stay with the city manager, uh, city council version that we have now? Which one suits us better? Which one would help us to move forward? Why and why not on your decisions? Luke, we'll start with you. All right. Well, I'm going to start off by saying I love James Mills. I'm going to give him a shout-out. Um, I think he probably shakes his head when he hears that, but that's okay. Uh, I like the way we're set up with being weak mayor, if that's what we want to say. I like the way we're set up because it brings a good checks and balance. We're not worrying about somebody new coming in with, and then a new idea and then new staff or whatever. Um, but what I like is it's worked well for us for years, uh, having five people sit there and um, being able to make decisions based on the community. I think that what that does is it, it gives more buy-in to the community. It gives more buy-in to the individuals. And we realize and we recognize we're serving them. And that's what this is all about. Us up here is serving them. So I want to keep it that way. I don't, I don't believe we need a full-time mayor position. Um, I want to, I, I like the way we're set up due to the fact that it, it keeps us number one humble. It keeps us at a place to where we realize we're here for the individuals. We're not just here for our last name or whatever, but I appreciate the way it's set up, and I want to continue seeing it go that way. Eric? Um, I appreciate this question a lot, and we've had had four years to think about it with my experience on the council. Um, Our city's unique. You know, we have a city-owned hospital. We own three utilities. 
Um, and then we have a city to run. And then that, that takes a CEO, basically, um, in the business sense. Um, you know, you definitely don't want to uh, elect by popular vote somebody to run that large of an organization. You want somebody in there who has the skills, the knowledge, and the understanding to do it. We have a council manager form of government. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't still elect our mayor. Now, I, I believe that the mayor should serve, um, you know, for the people. It shouldn't be as a high-paid position in our government. It shouldn't uh, be an employment position in our government. Um, you should be there to do it for the people and not for self-gain or self-motivation. Um, but I do think that there is a way because the office is compatible. As city, The mayor is a city council member. Um, and so with that compatible office, it's a, probably a hundred year old legal question, but, um, I do believe the state law would allow us to elect a mayor without putting that mayor and leaving him in that, in that role where he still is the face for the community. People want to choose their face for their community. Um, and I think people should have the opportunity to do that, but our system of government needs to stay the way it is. We need to have the council manager form of government. Chad. I uh I like the system the way we have you know the whole tenor of the question of all the questions tonight is is about our growth and and what makes Cookville so special and we're we're no longer a secret so in in a sense it's it's not particularly broken why do we why do we need to look long and hard for a fix I've worked all over the state and worked in other states too and I've worked with other municipalities who have different forms of government I like this one I mentioned it earlier it's this board of director style where where you govern govern from five positions of kind of of equal equal uh, footing. Uh, I, I don't favor uh, a mayoral race because you may you may you may take talent away from the opportunity to serve as one of the five when two are over here competing or three or however you want to set it up and then they don't. It would take a lot of jockeying to get them eligible to be in that race also too and then oftentimes it you know the loser may not feel like he wants to do that and he may have a lot to offer so I, I like the, the the system and the and the the way we have it set up now I like the fact that we have a city manager who can who can layer in continuity from one. Uh, set of five to the next, and, and that served us well. We'll bring uh, Walter Buck up to the podium for our next question that we'll pose to Mark Miller, Luke Eldridge, and Eric Walker. All right. <clears throat> I have a question that may be considered a two-part question with one specific direction. I recently met with some of the residents from the West End community. Some of the residents said that they had spoken with the Parks and Recreation Division about water or lack of water in the West End Park. They were informed that the water pipes in that area are over 100 years old. Oh, wait a minute, because I'm in the way here. <laughs> over 100 years old and would have to be replaced before the expansion to the park. Of course, that raises the question, how safe is the water in that area? Also, some of the residents mentioned that the lack of candidates' interest in their neighborhood. There have been no campaign events in that area. If you look around, little to no campaign signs in areas or in the yards. The word that they had, that I had in the conversation was neglect. The question they have is what if you are elected, will you do to address the neglect to the West End community? And that goes first to Mark. Definitely. Um, so the West End community is a extremely important community um, for the city of Cookville. One thing that I do know that's in the process right now, and I think, I don't know exactly how far we are along on it, but the sewer pipes, there's like a $500,000 somewhere in that neighborhood that we've um, just got to 
grant for so we can upgrade some of the sewer pipes, especially down around the baseball field. And and that's something that we really need to focus on and get that taken care of because if you can't flush your toilet, then there's no reason to live down there. So l luckily we were able to get that grant, and um, as soon as we can get that contracted out, um, th those pipes will start to come out of the ground and we'll put new pipes in. Uh, second part with campaign signs is uh, there, there's a lot of – a lot of people running right now and um where do we where do we put our signs at like I, I don't really have that many signs i didn't raise a lot of money this time so i i'm will definitely go and knock on some doors in that area and 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 hopefully get some signs uh, over there um there are a few members of that community that i am in very close contact with i talk with multiple times a week and um and hopefully I will get their guidance to tell me who I need to go talk to. So thank you. Luke? Well, it wasn't just a few weeks ago. I was down uh, on Juneteenth. I was down there because I'm, uh, I'm, part, of a, uh, I'm part of a board, um, Impact Leadership. So I was able to go down there and see some individuals and meet some, some of my friends, either I grew up with or I met through church or whatever. Um, and they were talking to me about that one specific issue. Uh, what fascinated me is they said there was no water fountain down there. Um, and that made me, hmm, we got a park with no water fountain. Well, that, that, we shouldn't have that. We shouldn't be able to have a water fountain. So that's one thing I would be interested in looking at. And I know they talked about the pipes and they talked about everything else. And then one or two of the individuals I was there with, he was, um, talking to me about the vision they had for West End and some things they do. Ironically, we were down there and there was a three on three basketball tournament going on and, uh, I was like, how can we get down? I want to be a part of this because I'm a sports guy. I'm a guy get some hog guy guys with me. So maybe, well, maybe we can get some of us together to play, but, um, cause D's not going to play. So, <laughs> but, uh, that, that is one. And they told me about the history and everything regarding it. So I was very intrigued on that. Now regarding signs, unfortunately, half of my signs have all, almost all, all my signs are out, but I know I have the support from a lot of individuals down there. Eric? Um, you know, we've got a lot of great communities in Cookville, and West End is really on the top of, the, of those lists. Um, uh, like Luke, I attended the Juneteenth ceremony, and it, it's not the first time I attended it. Um, anybody that goes there knows that one of the reasons you go for is the catfish. Um, and I, it's, it's one of the best fish fries and, and grill outs in town. And I, I think that um, any community that can come together, and the people the people I grew up with are from that community that – are still coming back to that. It's almost like going to somewhat of a high school reunion or, or seeing people you haven't seen in, in, in a long time. And, and I think that any community in our city who is that much drive and that much effort to be organized and to want to better their community, the city needs to support that. Um, you know, one of the things that West End, um, uh, lost back in the day was, uh, their old school. And yeah, Darwin and, 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 you know, that never was built back. That never was brought back to that community. A lot of, um, you know, the, the city took a lot of that parks and recreation and area away from the county. But, um, ultimately, you know, when we, when we need to make a more of an investment into that area, especially where people want it. And I, and I, I'll stay true to that to any community that wants to build a community center or wants to build a place in Cookville that they want to have a place for their children to go. I'm behind that one 100%. And I know that West End is organized in there to want those things. So yes, we need to bring water to that 
it to that park and, and we need to make that investment as a city. Wayne Cravens gets the final question of the night. Can you believe we've already gone through 90 minutes? Uh, Wayne, and this question will be for Brian, Ollie, and Jordan. I'm happy to get the, the final question. Uh, and, you know, I think I'm going to ask one that, that probably won't be extremely popular. Um, we're all aware, and we've talked a lot tonight about, about the growth that we've experienced, how quickly it's been upon us. Uh, I think many of us would agree that we're in some ways chasing to catch up with it. Um, leadership often requires difficult, making difficult decisions, unpopular decisions. My question is, as we look forward and understand what we need, uh, the services, the expansion of infrastructure, improvements to infrastructure, expansion of services, are you willing to consider real estate or other tax increases to address those issues? And we'll start with Brian. An issue, we all understand it. Um, we would just have to get together. This is why it's important to vote. This is the team that you are putting together to make those tough decisions. And that's where you got to stand on it. And whatever, whoever the council is, they will have to make that decision together and move forward from it to do the best thing for the city of Cookville. Ollie? Regarding increasing real estate taxes, um, you know, we've all, we all know that the community is growing. So with that growth, our revenue stream from a taxpayer perspective is also growing. So our revenue stream is expanding. So we're getting, we're bringing in more revenue. So I would, I would have to re-examine that budget and I would not be in favor of uh, increasing taxes. And Jordan. Thank you for that question. Uh, I have a demonstrated uh, experience, a demonstrated record of going by the principles. My personal principles, any tax dollar you take from an individual is a dollar less for their homes, their families, their churches, and their businesses, their dreams. But at the same time, I also have a demonstrated experience, and I've demonstrated that I'm also willing to collaborate and discuss all these issues uh, with all the different people uh, that make up, whether it's in the last eight years in the county. I've had a lot of conversations with Sheriff Ferris, with our school system, and others, because I know the citizens want us to make investments and in making sure that public safety is taken care of. That the, Of course, you don't have to worry about the education system when it comes to uh, the city government, but other services as well. We want to make sure that we have quality services. The first priority those need we need to look for efficiencies that needs to be the priority and we also need to look for creative ways of funding reach out to the business community and, and sponsorships reach out to individuals uh, former mayor swallows I know your wife did a great job I've mentioned that before over here heart the city playground and if, if I'm not mistaken there was no taxpayer dollars uh, put towards that facility so those kind of examples that we have in our history reaching out whether it maybe it could be the the aquatics facility that we're looking at look for creative ways of funding and of course, if the need is there for tax increases, we will have to look at what the needs are, but the priority needs to be to try to keep taxes as low as possible. We want to say a special thank you to the leaders who have been here tonight and have represented some of the diversity in our community and some of the areas that the city council has to deal with. So Wayne Cravens, Walter Buck, Matt Swallows, Justin Grant, Sean Fry, Amber Flynn, Jared, thank you all for being here with us tonight and, and giving us your unique perspective. At this point, we will give each of the candidates a chance to uh, give us some final thoughts as we 
all head to the polls in uh, just over a week from now, and we'll again go in alphabetical order. But, Ali Bazi, we will start with you on that end this time. Again, I want to thank you for giving us an opportunity to answer questions tonight, let the community uh, learn more about us. Um, as you go to the polls and vote, early voting uh, ends on the 30th and then again on the 4th, uh, I would respectfully request uh, your vote and uh, consider me uh, with my more than 30 years of experience in uh, manufacturing, project management, IT infrastructure, uh, which requires a lot of foresight and planning uh, moving forward with those. And I, I just uh, think that I would be uh, a good asset to the community um, and on the council. Jeremy Bowman, thank you for being with us tonight, and uh, you have a chance for a closing statement. Thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, when I started doing this, people were, you know, kind of looked at me crazy, and, you know, but I, I have learned so much on this. Uh, on this journey right here. Uh, my biggest thing is I work hard for what I have and I've always have. Uh, I love my family and I love God and I will defend either one of them with my life. Uh, I take some of that into my, into going into this if I am elected. I mean, I, I will take that same kind of, you know, drive that I have in my everyday life and my, in the way that I live, uh, as a way. But I also want to say that no matter which five, end up on the council i mean after meeting everybody here i mean i would think that it's going to be i mean it's going to be the best council that that there can be uh but i just humbly ask and, and for your vote and thank you luke elbridge well like everybody else thank you and thank you for the questions panel um thank you for the listeners hopefully you've got some good insight on everybody tonight um you know, one reason I hope you're able to put me down or mark me or punch my button, as you will, is I'm a community guy. Um, I love my community. I love serving. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's what's in me. I can't, I can't stop it. Uh, I, I don't promise much, but what I do promise is I'll listen. I'll take whatever you have to say and I'll, I'll, I'll look over it. I'll ask the hard questions. I'll talk to the hard, the right people. Um, and, and, you know, looking up here, all of us know each other pretty well. Um, I, I consider all of them. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Uh, I consider all each and every one of us. We, we know each other. And I think we we care for the community, each and every one of us in a different way. We may not agree on everything, but I think after talking with everybody, knowing everybody, I think we're going to be able to make a really good decision as a team. Because um, that is what it's going to take. I'm still in that D, sorry. But I, that is what it's going to take, is a good team to work together to come up with the best solutions for our community because we are here to serve. I have nothing to gain out of this. I don't own anything. I just work at, I work at UCHRA, and I've been able to help individuals with tough situations go through some tough times, go through some hard things, and I've been able to help pull them up out of that. And I hopefully I can do that on a higher level with the knowledge I have and with uh, working with the, the other four that uh, hopefully if I'm elected, the other four that would be elected as well. Chad Gilbert, one of the candidates for Cookville City Council. Thank you again for hosting us tonight. Thank you all for being here. You know, experience matters, but even more specifically, what type of experience you have matters. Experience seasons judgment. And I feel like when a, what a voter gets with me is, is that, that, that 20 year business experience, that, that engineering background. And as we've seen from the questions tonight, 
that those those growth items that are, are really dominant, uh, you can almost relate everything that has been posed tonight as a question to growth. Uh, my experience and, and, and background uniquely positions me to, to have a a level uh, even killed set, uh, judgment level of judgment when it comes to making those decisions. We're not going to solve every problem tonight in 60 second uh, answers to, to to difficult questions. But what you what you do get with me is that is that seasoned judgment, and I and I humbly ask for your vote. Thank you. Jordan I Watteson. Well, thank you again for this opportunity to address the people of Cookville and, of course, actually the Upper Cumberland, too, as well. As was just said, experience does matter, but the right kind of experience. We look to Washington for an example that a lot of experience at Washington by many people, but a lot of decisions being made that we can clearly see that are not going the right way. We can't focus on Washington. We can't take care of what's going on there, but we can take care of home base. And we need to have the right kind of experience. And, of course, again, as I said, I've got public experience. But I've also got the private sector experience. Customer service experience is my background uh, from tech all the way up through. I'm a proud alumni of tech and definitely want to continue that relationship with our community there. Uh, but all the way through, it's been customer service experience, whether it's been focused on the county commission, but also in the private sector as well. And I want to bring those relationships. I want to bring that experience uh, back to work for the city. We think about what's going on uh, with our economic development, and there needs to be uh, continued vision in some areas that we may not be discussing as much. Our rail trail, uh, actually my father serves on the rail trail, got some insight on that. We could have a Virginia Creeper right here at home, which would be great for our tourism community. And uh, we think about how that affects our small businesses as well as they shop and eat here. Uh, we also look at potential rail service to Nashville. Again, again I've got great experience personally of the traffic going back and forth there. That would help our community as well as the air service uh, here at the airport and then also to be a high-tech hub we have a very unique opportunity right here in Cookville to be a high-tech hub but we need to be focusing on those good jobs as we were talking about earlier again early voting has been down substantially it's the lowest we've had in about two decades at least and so definitely encourage you to go out there and vote I appreciate your prayers and your consideration Brian Jones one of the candidates looking for your vote first of all thank you guys thank you everybody for being here tonight uh, we appreciate the opportunity to come out in front of you um, You've got an opportunity, City of Cookville. You've got an opportunity to pick your panel right here. You've got an opportunity to pick your city council. And I'm Brian Jones, and I would love to have your vote. Mark Miller. Yeah, um, thanks again for hosting us. Uh, one thing that I will bring to the table is four years of experience as a city council person. That last question that um, Mr. Cravens brought, will you raise taxes, um, is something that is – I've had experience where I have had to raise taxes before. One of the biggest questions that we have had is transportation in Cookville. Um, we didn't have a fund, a transportation fund in Cookville before, and we raised taxes to create a transportation fund so we can actually build roads. Like, look at all the road construction going on in the city right now, 10th Street's going on, Stephen Street's about to be widened. We put the extra... Um, turn lane over near Capshaw School, uh, and th those things do cost money, and they do take tough decisions to make. It's not, it's not an easy decision to raise taxes. It's not an easy decision to um, bring densities to neighborhoods, but I have sat there, and I have made a decision, multiple decisions, to help bring um, higher densities to our city so we can have more affordable housing. Uh, that, that's one thing that I can bring to the city, so thank you. D. Prince. So I definitely want to thank everybody um, that is listening. I want to thank um, 
Stonecom for hosting this event. I'd like to thank the panel, um, some great people with some great questions, and thank you for holding us accountable for those answers as well. I want to thank all the candidates, my fellow candidates. I think that this might be the last time that we all get together, and I definitely want to tell you thank you. This has been a great journey. I've really enjoyed most of um, this campaign and this election. Um, with saying that, you're talking about conflict resolution. If that's something that you're worried about as a citizen of Cookville, I'm an HR manager. I do that on a daily basis. So I have that in me. Um, you're worried about seeing us in a light of as leadership, we're untouchable. I've had experience in meeting people where they're at to find out exactly what they need. I can meet you where you're at. You worry about what type of person you need in office and you need somebody that has accountability integrity and good character. I've turned the other cheek on a lot of things because you can't out hate hate and you you can only love and I'm loving my way through this campaign all the way up to August 4th and once I'm elected into city council. So I want to tell everyone out there that's listening, if you can hear my voice, if you would like somebody who has the experience, who has all the things that you're looking for that I just mentioned, Please, I'm humbly asking for your vote on August 4th. D. Prince for City Council. Thank you. Another of the candidates running for City Council, Eric Walker. Uh, I really do appreciate the opportunity, Larry, for giving us to and talk with everybody over the radio. It, it's it's old-fashioned. It's like Cookville. You know, the radio is there. Y'all are live streaming. Y'all are getting into the modern age, and I love it. I love Cookville's character, its charm, and everything about it. And it's not just about the experience of the past four years on council. It's about a lifetime of experience in Cookville, and that's what I want to bring to the table. I want to make sure that our community can continue to grow, welcome people from other communities, um, and, and be the best community that it can be and make that strategic move to keep improving our community. We talk about property taxes. Over half of our general fund comes from sales tax. Um, it, come, it doesn't come necessarily from property taxes. So there's no re need to, if you understand the material, there's no need to raise taxes. If you understand what you're spending on, there's no need to do that. But we can go all day. We can say that, you know, college education is a great thing. I, I had that from the University of Tennessee. But the things that really matter are your character, your integrity, and what you're willing to do for the people. And I'm willing to listen to the people. I'm willing to sit down and work with those issues and work with people and find out what matters to them. I want to represent them. So I want to take my four years experience and continue that and continue serving for the people. I'm Eric Walker, and I do want to be your city councilman. Linda Loftus-Webb is one of those who is asking for your vote next Thursday. Thank you so much for having us. It's been an, an amazing experience, some good, some great, some stressful. Um, so I'm kind of the candidate, I guess, who has been in every position you could possibly be in, from homelessness to a business owner to running a nonprofit. Those experiences give me the ability to be humble with where I'm at, and I'm very principled. So that gives me the ability to have a backbone and make those tough choices and communicate with people in a way where I don't come at a place where I'm right, you're wrong, we just need to settle with agree to disagree. However, I do 
see that sometimes when we make those tough choices and we're wrong, we just have to say, I was wrong and I am changing that decision. And this is the reason why I'm able to do that as a licensed therapist and counselor. I understand what people need and that when they come to you with a problem, they're coming from a place of pain and they're needing you to solve it right then. And if you can't, you have to be willing to listen and you have to be willing to provide solutions that they can understand in that moment. And you're, you also need to be able to go back and talk to your team about this is what I'm seeing. And can you hear me all the way through this so that we can find a solution that is possible? I'm Linda Marie Loftus Webb and I am asking for your vote. Finally, Lauren Wheaton. Thank you, Stonecom, again for hosting this and for broadcasting it so my parents who couldn't be here can listen all the way in Mississippi. I want to thank the citizens for letting us speak and for the community leaders for coming out and asking us questions. I'm a firm believer that our city government is so much stronger when we have our citizens involved, and that's what I want to do is I want to turn around and serve our citizens. I will continue to focus on the planned strategic growth that we're experiencing, but also make sure that we're maintaining that hometown family-friendly atmosphere that we've all come to know and love about Cookville. I want Cookville to be a place that you can raise a family because Cookville is where I'm raising my family. And I've realized over the past four years that I have a responsibility and now I have the experience to continue Cookville on the path of success that we've been on. So I ask you for your vote. Early voting ends on the 30th and Election Day is August 4th. We say uh, thank you to the candidates for Cookville City Council. We know that it is hard to dedicate 90 minutes to something, especially as we are just about a week out from Election Day. But this is important. This is an important election for the city of Cookville. There are a lot of issues as we've uh, tapped into some of those tonight. We are in a growth mode in this community. We're also at a period where we have some economic challenges that who knows where they are going to end up. So hopefully tonight has been a chance for you to find out where these candidates stand as you can make an educated decision when you head to the polls. Don't forget that uh, next Thursday night is election night all across the Upper Cumberland, and we'll have live coverage across our stations of all the races, including Cookville City Council and important races in the other counties that we cover. We'll be on the air live starting next Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Thanks to our team, Marsha Lee, Will Hearn, Joe Young, Jake Wallman, for producing tonight's coverage. From the gallagher Hoffines Community Room, Cookville 2022, a town hall forum. Thank you for being with us tonight.